everyone, welcome to another episode of the Modern Golden Age podcast. And today I have with me the only, the one and only Chick. Chick, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine too. It's always a pleasure to talk uh, with another Portuguese fella, uh, but to do it in English. Uh, so I want to start by asking you a question, which was when I first actually invited you, um, you told me that you if you asked me if you could keep like the thing anonymous. So we, we weren't doing this on video. Uh, but then recently I saw a tweet of yours saying actually that you were going to embrace that. And here we are and people will see this uh, in video as well. So what made you change? Well... So the, the thing about using a using a, an anonymous account and and sort of you know I I think I tweeted about being anonymous and being illegible, and they both work as sort of defenses on scrutiny. I think the illegibility thing is good, like because of the whole seeing like a state uh, argument, but and the anonymity, you know, a bunch of people when they started using Twitter were praising uh, having cartoon avies and stuff because uh, it let them do you know personality workshopping you know yeah. you you sort of try try on different modes of outfits. being yeah yeah, yeah. You, you try on different personality outfits uh and you know it's sort of yeah it's like r&d right and i don't know i i never had patience to use any alts i've been anonymous for a while i'm pretty confident in my ideas and my vibes and you know just my general the mo my mode of being in the world and it's like I'm not gonna be workshopping for a while at least yeah. so it's like might as well just might as well just you know face post yeah and yeah. show up because you know the the benefits of being a face account is like you transmit so much more information with body language and with your face yeah uh, yeah. That's awesome. So um, when you actually were like doing preparation for this podcast was actually probably one of the easiest ones because you just sent me, look, but uh, all, uh, most of my ideas are on this Twitter thread. There you go. And I, I wish people were just always dumping their hmm. ideas on a Twitter thread that would facilitate my job. But I do wonder, like before we get into some of your ideas, you, you say that there you're going through a, a death and rebirth thing and you just wanted to leave, leave some ideas and i was actually curious about like what part uh, of you died while doing that thread and what did came what did come from the other side in the other yeah. side thanks for asking so i um, i think in that week i i had to kill my second startup I don't really want to talk about it, like the startup yeah. bit, but you know, just, yeah. just for context. And uh, yeah, I, I was I was reflecting on you know a lot of changing, a lot of starting new things, and this was my, like my ideas on Twitter. I, I felt were becoming a little stale, at least for me. I I had I had this you know pile of ideas and, and concepts that I I kept repeating and reframing and posting. Uh, looking at them from different angles but i didn't feel like i was making progress in terms of generating new ideas and and you know, moving whatever frontier i'm working on forward mm -hmm. so you know I, I took i took this this renewal uh event in my life and, and was just like okay 
my ideas are all scattered and that's part of the reason I keep reiterating them is to make them surface again. So I'm just going to make one big thread, dump everything that's, you know, floating around in my head at the moment so I can make space for new stuff. Right. Because if it's in the thread, at least I know they won't get lost. Yeah. And I can start experimenting with stuff like, you know, taking more risks, doing, um, seeing how genuinely new ideas feel. Yeah. And what are some of the, the new ideas that have arisen? Because here's the thing, I'm going to, to ask you a lot about like the old ones, but I would love to hear like what are some of, of, of the new ideas populating in your mind? Yeah, well, on, honestly, I, I I was making room for new ideas, but the thing I've been working on lately are these like huge graphs connecting all the things I've been working on and thinking yeah. about. So I guess I guess I'm still on it, and yeah, the new ideas are you know coming up, are sprouting, but they're not ready to be worked on yet or, or shared. I yeah, guess. but one of the things that we, we will definitely do is, uh, I'll put, if that's okay with you, I'll put mm -hmm. um, in the show notes, like a link to the tweet you tweeted today, actually, with this giant graph with all these yeah. ideas connected. And I was like, oh, once again, you're making my job easy because you're just yeah. com compiling them in, all the different, in just one place and I can ask you questions. But I, I'll, I'll start with, so in the thread, the first thing that you said, and in this season, I've already talked about this specific word with another guest, which is magic. And you start yeah. the thread by saying that magic is subtle communication. And I would yeah. love to have your take on it. What do you mean by this? What's the definition of magic to you? Guide me through through your mind. Oh, hell yeah. So I think the, the, the specific phrase magic is subtle communication comes from a blog post I read from this guy called Enki V2. Um, I, you know, I'll send you the link or his at later. Uh, and when I read it, I was like blown away. This is it. You know, I was already thinking about magic, but this specific phrase was just perfect. Um, so there, there's a bunch of, um, okay, let's see. How do we, how do we put this? So, you know, there's a bunch of techniques and disciplines that we use that we have a pretty good understanding of how they bottom out in physics or reality. You know, any engineering discipline, uh, you you are confident that it, you you can trace all the abstractions down to you know whatever base relativity or quantum physics. Uh, but then there's like practical knowledge that you don't have the abstraction stack uh, laid out explicitly, right? So stuff like music and persuasion and seduction and, you know, stuff like uh, prayer uh, and yoga and meditation. So a, a bunch of disciplines that because the abstraction hierarchy isn't all laid out, um, aren't taken seriously, right? Mm. We inherited this, um, you know, from the enlightenment, we inherited this rationalist way of looking at things, very materialist, very physicalist. Mm -hmm. um, and with it comes disdain for stuff that isn't laid out in that way. That isn't, yeah, laid out in that way. That's yeah. fine. So one thing, I realized is 
yeah, stuff stuff that you'd call magic. Oh yeah, like herbalism, um, a bunch of things. So stuff that you'd call magic uh, can be, yeah, like energies, feeling people's energies, right? Uh, auras, chakras, all. Auras, chakras. Yeah, uh, you can. You can ask the question. Okay, how how's this how's this um information being transmitted essentially, right? If you can mm -hmm. read someone's energy, if you can read someone's aura, if you can mm -hmm. uh, do energy healing on someone, you know how like what's the what's the causal link there mm -hmm. between you know your intention and the healing or or yeah. or the the person and the information showing up. So subtle communication. Right. The yeah. the same way the, the same way we, we we were talking like being a face account lets you transmit so much more information like my body language of course. face yeah. yeah yeah I guess the so, same way yeah yeah and, and basically because because if if I understand correctly what what happens is we can't we uh, we don't have like these clear ways of seeing those kinds of communications, right? I, I mean, we can then go back and, and trace everything down when you're talking about physics once again and, and science. Uh, but then when you talk about music, it's it's hard to understand the the nuance of how music interacts with with, with us and with, with other people. Uh, and, and mentioning that, you're, you're, you, you think that science is actually bad bad no it's a it's at a bad place right um because the incentives and everything that's happening right or yeah, i'd say more thinking... like academia academia is academia. In a, sure in yeah a yes so science is a bad way to put it but but riff a little bit on on that like why do you think that is well uh eric weinstein talks about this often um the whole thing about academia being a ponzi scheme you have you know 10 or 20 postdocs for for every actual um professorship and oh yeah I, I saw this this great graph recently which i can send to send to you later yeah. about um the age of funded principal investigators uh since you know 1960s or something and mm -hmm. essentially people the people who get funding are getting older and yeah younger people are getting close to no funding uh, on their own. So the only way for you to be a researcher, uh, you know, up until your 30s, 40s, 50s sometimes, is to work for someone else's lab, uh, working on someone else's ideas, uh, on someone else's research agenda. Yeah, because so what it, happens... It's... Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Because no, there's like a bias towards, um, you know, big names, uh, previous successes, uh, less of a willingness to take risks. Yeah, and and what happens there is that basically the same people are getting funded, so they're basically following the same uh, threads that have been following, and maybe new people with new ideas or new threads, they they don't have access to that kind of funding, right? Yeah, it, it's way harder. So, and, and let me ask you something, which was if you were like, if you could, what what were some of the threads that if you got funding? uh in 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 that realm like what would you pursue two things so i think it's pretty important to to fund so ai safety and ai, AI alignment stuff uh, is already you know pretty well funded could have more funding you could argue the fund you know ai safety is poorly specified or um 
money going into AI alignment is also going into AI capabilities, which is uh, the problem uh, in the yeah. case of OpenAI, for example. But I, I do think that's very important. So just mentioning that, but also I obviously make, um, I have this whole, it's kind of a joke, kind of serious research project about reinterpreting spiritual traditions. Mm. Uh, I also call it comparative computational theology sometimes. Mm. Uh, so it, it's essentially, you know, spiritual traditions across the ages uh, hold knowledge, right? This is like the, the initial proposition. Uh, yeah. And I think it's easy to accept. I think, you know, over time, these huge traditions of millions of people uh, found ways to be together and to organize societies and to organize their communities and to organize their spiritual lives that are better than other ways. Because, mm. you know, they kept refining them. It's a tradition. Mm. Uh, yeah. And even if they're not grounded in, you know, uh, a stack of interpretable uh, abstractions, they work. So there's knowledge there. Mm. The thing is, these are very old traditions uh, and they haven't talked to one another. And especially now, because of the whole, uh, you know, enlightenment thing we inherited, we don't take them seriously. So mm. there's a lot of alpha in trying to understand these spiritual mm. traditions trying to compare them into the comparative uh yeah. to because you know if you find if you find common structures in unrelated traditions it's pretty likely that it's not random that it's not yeah by accident. um by accident exactly so it's pretty likely that you're finding something true mm -hmm. and and then expressing those ideas in ways that are compatible with modern ontologies right like compatible with the way that people think about the world because if you say oh yeah the um you know the, the prana flows up through the spine during your kundalini awakening it's not even prana i, I don't even know what the term is mm. uh, you know people are gonna be sure okay whatever and not think about it but if you can use you know the language of complex systems math computer science uh which lets you formalize abstract structures yeah yeah you can encode this knowledge in such a way that that it can be easily recovered and you know people won't have to go into these spiritual traditions that are really hard to interpret to get this knowledge yeah they'll be able to derive it more easily that's fascinating so how did you get into like how how, how did you start that like do you just <laughs> woke up one day and thought well i know what i'm going to do like how did you come up with that idea I actually have a thread on this. Uh, yeah, so very, very TLDR. Um, I used to be very like rationalist minded. Uh, the only knowledge, the only true knowledge is expressible propositionally, right? So you can make a series of inferences from uh, obvious axioms up to that knowledge. Um, and, you know, when I was 15, I read Descartes in school. And I, I try, you know, I extinguished all my beliefs and tried to, to regrow them that, uh, again from cogito ergo sum, right? I yeah. think therefore I am and starting just from that and trying to build a worldview from that. Uh, yeah. That kind of worked, but I used some circular reasoning. Uh, anyway, when I was in college and learning about neural networks, uh, I 
realized, oh, knowledge can be fuzzy, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, a network can learn to distinguish between a cat and a dog, and it doesn't have a series of, you know, requirements yeah. that it's checking. It's just a probabilistic thing. And I'm like, oh, pro knowledge can be probabilistic. And I have like, a, that's how my intuition works. So suddenly mm. my intuition was valid and, you know, solved a bunch of problems in my life because I couldn't trust right. my intuition or didn't let myself trust my intuition. Uh, and, and then I was like, oh, okay, if this is true, what else is true? Uh, so from there, I have a, a few like mystical experiences with substances. And I, I, I think I got the Tao pretty deeply. I think I got, um, you know, the, the Christian notion of agape like the, the like Christian love. Mm. Uh, I, I got those pretty deeply and those got me thinking of, okay, the traditions from where these come. And I have all these metaphors, like computer metaphors. Uh, mm. I, I'm a big metaphor guy. I have all these computer and maths metaphors from school. And explaining these concepts to my friends, I was using them, right? Because mm. it's way easier. It's like so much easier to compress information when you have language like this. Uh, yeah. and I just started doing that right I just, I just started following my curiosity into these unexplored to me unexplored fields and bringing stuff back and explaining it with yeah computer language yeah and then I That's... thought oh this can be a big project that you know can help a lot of people absolutely that's that's almost like a whole field right you, you're basically you you have this approach and you have like this set of metaphors in language that allows you to get into a specific group of people that usually are very they're not very receptive to the ideas that you're getting from the spiritual traditions right and you're basically yeah. conveying these ideas in a language that actually helps resonate uh and that makes a lot of sense like tell me like do you have any specific metaphor or or uh story that you like the most yeah so the one i always use is um the holy trinity and it's i, I don't even think it's the one explanation of the holy Tr trinity it's just something that fits pretty well and that it kind of illustrates um the value of this language um well so yeah, Holy Trinity. You have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. And again, any like very, very advanced, like theolog theologically advanced people who really study this, who really understand this, you know, they're gonna be able to take my argument apart. But this is just the, the way I found to, to understand these terms for now. Mm -hmm. um, so the Father is the abstract notion, like the abstract concept of agape, like the Platonic ideal of you know, selfless, humanizing love, um, unconditional love. The the sun is the particular instantiation of that love in each of us. So, like the um, my ability to to connect to agape and to act mm -hmm. from it mm -hmm. individually. Uh, and the Holy Spirit is this notion of emergent behavior. Right. So if uh, if from the local simple rule of each person acts from agape to their neighbors, uh, with their neighbors, you get the emergent behavior of, you know, 
the kingdom of God like just flourishing in society. Because if every if everybody's doing that their part, of course you get, um, you know, a lot of emergent benefits. Mm -hmm. And th in this case, it's using the the language of complex systems to yeah. understand that Jesus was just like, you know, Jesus was doing a wool from two thousand years ago. Uh, Wolfram, Wolfram is the guy, like, Wolfram's famous for talking about cellular automaton and, and this mm. notion of emergence, and he started the field mm. of complex systems. So, uh, one of his talking points used to be, you know, complex emergent behavior from simple local rules. Uh, yeah. And he used to hammer that all the time, and Jesus, you know, was doing something like a wall from 2000 years ago yeah that, that mean, and, and actually you connect that with the idea of faith right because uh your your definition oh, yeah. of faith is well, go ahead go ahead uh yeah no it's essentially that it's you know you you need to the thing about the, the thing about emergent behavior from from simple local rules it's it's hard to see the causal link right it, and often, often you you can't even, or, or it's uh, computationally very difficult. So you know, faith being you believing that the emergent behavior will happen from the simple local. Yeah, yeah. but rule yeah, so, and I I really do enjoy that that explanation. That was one of my the tweets that I actually really enjoyed the idea of having like the father and the son represented on in, in in those ways and the holy spirit of course but those two and and that makes me want to like do so one of the things that's very common in portugal is being raised as a catholic um like did you have that experience like tell me a little bit about your your own because as you were saying like you were when you were 15 you just realized that oh let me just drop all my beliefs and start by by fresh by using the 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 like the thing therefore i am uh, and then you had like that experience of oh wait wait maybe that's not just precisely that, but and that opened up your world or your worldview through through more spiritual things. But I was wondering like how did you did you had an spiritual upbringing uh, before and how did you connect that experience with with everything that you're doing right now? Yeah, that, that's funny because I wasn't raised Catholic. Like my parents mm. just didn't, you know, they didn't go to church, yeah, but yeah. they were spiritual in, in mm. a new. They were spiritual in a new agey way, mm. and but I, I, I hated it. I, I, I constantly argued with him, like Reddit atheist level. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, where's the proof? Yeah, you know, <laughs> show me where in physics is the soul, uh, and yeah. you know, of course they couldn't and. I just thought they were, you know, a little crazy and, you know, epistemically compromised. Yeah. But the fact is, so they didn't have an ontology that was compatible with mine, right? Yeah. I, I, I was the whole, I was doing the whole propositional knowledge, like grounding uh, in, yeah, in empiricism. And I still am, right? It's just, I, I've dropped, I, I've dropped the need to be, consistent with the whole established enlightenment mm. you know aesthetics of Sorry. science I, i'm still doing the, the physicalist thing everything needs to be compatible with physics uh but they didn't have a compatible ontology with mine the thing is yeah. after i realized how some things might work right the whole subtle communicate ma magic being subtle communication you mm. you observing 
you know, noticing patterns through your subconscious and the subconscious manifesting, you know, uh, archetypes uh, and images as the interpretations of the subtle things you're just not even aware of, but mm-hmm. perceiving at the same time. So at the point I realized how information could get in, then all the stuff they were into and told me about started to like get recontextualized and it yeah. made me progress faster. Right? Yeah. Also, yeah. they had me meditate and that helped. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that means a lot of sense. And, and, and you just mentioned the, the subconscious. And one of the things that I really enjoyed is, is your take on how the body, like the conscious and the subconscious interact. Uh, and I would love to, for you to share a little bit on, on that for everyone listening. How the how the conscious and the so subconscious the, the, you have you have the, like this idea that basically you can use your unconscious like a, a problem solving machine and by imprinting mm-hmm. like conscious imprinting a problem and letting it uh, work on that expand on that on that on that top. Yeah, for sure. So there's this there's this famous lecture by Rich Hickey, who's the inventor of closure. That it, it's a programming language. Um. So Rich Hickey has this concept of hammock driven development. Uh, so you think really hard about a problem. Um, you to like sort of load it into into the memory. Uh, and then you go lie on a hammock for an hour or two and just think or not even think. And your subconscious works on it and eventually comes up with an answer. And you know, you just take it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, in my experience, that's that's pretty much how it works. Um, yeah, and 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 like hmm. there's there's this this whole theory about like the active mode and the diffuse mode. I think it was Barbara Oakley who mentioned. Like there's this great course I don't know if you know it, which is which is called uh, Learning How to Learn. Uh, like it's one of the biggest courses on Coursera, and there was a moment where everyone was doing it. And basically, she points out that your brain mm-hmm. actually, uh, when when you're um, so you, you when you're working on a problem, you're working in your active memory, right? And basically, you're memorizing specific pieces of knowledge, chunks of knowledge. But a problem is not just memorizing, it's connecting them in a way that actually has like uh, a value. Let's let's call it that. And mm-hmm. what happens is when you're actually active working on a problem, you're just using them, you're using your brain in a way that allows you to memorize and pierce certain things, but not always. And what happens is when you get away from mm-hmm. the computer or when you get away from the problem, you go lay on the hammock, um, you're basically you're allowing your subconscious to actually connect that with ideas that you've been having like in the long-term memory and actually mm-hmm. come up with a solution uh so like our brains literally do that and i i found interesting like you're basically we're describing these two modes by by using another language but what i what i personally find more fascinating is that you, when usually all the examples that she uses and and usually the examples that people use when they're talking about that are like these very scientific problems or these very hard problems and complex problems and like i i remember mm-hmm. having the experience of and and i've talked with friends from the arts and from musicians and me and myself as a musician mm-hmm. sometimes you get stuck on a composition and then suddenly uh you you just you're trying to understand what's the chord or what's the progression or what's the melody right there and you, you make a pause and you just go do something else because you you're typical artist you'll think that life sucks and you suck and everyone sucks in music and you'll never be able to produce or build anything beautiful uh and then you, you just get away from from the problem and even in creative problems that works right you you end up uh, coming up with 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 a solution and that that to me i i think that's very interesting like 
there's this meta structure that goes beyond like scientific problems or artistic problems or whatever it just works as human beings um so and, and I, I was actually thinking about this and one of the things that i like that i i personally associate with not only the unconscious and this whole theory but but also like the whole spirituality thing is like the way you treat yourself and the, the the amount of love you have and one of the things that i found is that some sometimes not always but sometimes people that are, that fall under the prey of being too rational and i mean when not maybe rational is not the word but when when basically they are trapped in the framework of in the enlightenment that you were talking about uh, usually that correlates at least in my experience with uh like this bitterness associated with life is is, is that your experience as well or or, or not well you, i guess you can interpret it like that so or give me your interpretation yeah if you're missing tools there's like a class of problems you can solve and if everybody else seems to, to to be able to solve those problems and you can't, uh, then you have two options. Either either the world is unfair and pe people who are less intelligent than you can solve problems that you can't, or you might not be as smart as you think you are. And no. you know, that's that's hard on the ego. And if you no. if you don't have the ability to like self-examine and and keep your ego in check then yeah it, it, negative it, it, emotions it, arise yeah because yeah, uh, the the reason i was asking this is because i i do relate like I, I i i was looking through your tweets and you have like a tweet that i just i i have a, a bunch of, of friends that are engineers uh and work deep in in sciences and i was actually having a conversation with one of them as i as i was just preparing for this podcast and I just copy pasted one of your tweets and tweets and send it which is something along the lines of treat yourself right treat yourself right by imagining an inner baby monkey yeah. cannot take care of itself and it's not rational it responds to patient love and care and like that's such a good framework to look at yourself and to build a relationship with yourself right because sometimes we are so demean like we're very hard on ourselves. We're always like imposing more and more and more. That's fine for in, in in a specific sense because it allows you to grow. But sometimes you do need to think about yourself like this inner being that just needs to be taken care of, right? You because even though you're you, we're all adults or we're adults and, and people that I was talking with are adults, uh, that doesn't mean that you don't have the need for these kinds of emotions, patience, love, and care, right? course yeah. yeah so and one of the things that you also mentioned before we get into the the modern age uh is you you talked about uh, i'm just going to quote your tweet you say we're going to have a better time raising parallel institutions with our friends than yeah. reforming the world and i would love to have on your take on what do you mean by this i i totally agree i absolutely I, in fact this whole podcast is a way to actually find these friends to build institutions but i would love to hear your take on it Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So I I tried for a long time to change things to, with very little success. Uh, you know, at school, like students' associ associations type deal, uh, doing protests in the middle of Lisbon for like net neutrality stuff. Uh, it's it's really really hard. It's really really hard to exact change on 
you know, like the systems that exist right now, they're just not made for for quick, um, you know, self-examination or adapting really quickly to circumstances. The whole Samoburia active like um, life players versus that player yeah. thing, yeah. So it's gonna be way faster to just build your own social security system and to build your own supply lines and to build your own infrastructure uh then then you know convincing your 80 year old representatives uh that you need change to happen quickly uh you know besides all the perverse incentives incentives that exist in the the institutions and the whole systems it's not that you're not going to have to contend with perverse incentives when you raise your own institutions but one you can start them, them with better incentives and at least you know the inside of the of the institution will have pretty good incentives and you'll only have to contend with the perverse incentives on the outside rather okay. than having to pilot a ship that itself yeah. is rot rotten yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's that, that's a great image uh so let me ask you like because because i i truly believe that that's one of the fundamental um areas of building a modern golden age and i i do want to to yeah let, let, yeah let, before we get into the modern golden age let me just ask you this which is speaking of those kinds of institutions like let's say that we you have a group we have a group of people that are very willing to build like these new institutions and 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 these these once again more aligned with the right incentives coming from the inside knowing that the outside world will try to impose themselves on these, these new institutions and we need to be careful at that where do we start like what's your take on it like what's the first start yeah 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 what's the first make friends make friends make solid one-on-one -on -one relationship and you know where you trust where you trust one another where you you are able to take care of one another communication is you know clear and flows and you can you know take care of each other non-verbally uh ideally uh and then the whole micro solidarity slash the the um, super organism scales that i tweet about sometimes uh you know you make a squad um so like four to five like three to five people so a, gr mm -hmm. a group that can get really tight and and take action together so like specialize uh, e each, each one specializes a bit and you can take on way bigger tasks that you couldn't as a single person uh you know you organize into a congregation so like wait squads can be like teams but can also be like families for example yeah right yeah. and if you live together as a family or if you hang out regularly as a, a team or a really tight friend group uh you're you're building those relationships and you're building that you know holy spirit that glue that binds you together and that makes you trust one another to act as a single organism right yeah. and, and then uh you know imagine you have a bunch of squads living together in, in a little village style thing or at least a you know virtual village where the squads meet at events regularly for yeah. example you know and you organize into this congregation right the the role that church used to fill so like yeah. roughly dunbar level coordination that like dunbar's yeah. number is yeah like about 150 people and that's based like that's probably the number that fit in the church uh yeah and once again you make those connections tight and you become able to act as a as a super organism at that scale 
and then you know you, you just stack those scales on top of one another yeah that's that's only what uh andrew is trying to do in new york right he i don't know if you knew drew you know him like drew face i think that's his i, I haven't yeah. met him yet but yeah i i, I did i did a, a great I, uh, episode with them in the first season where we talked about this and about building seniors uh and and i know he's trying to build precisely that in in new york uh and, and it makes a little sense so the 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 question that i ask everyone is basically about this concept of the modern golden age and because i just to give you some context i come up i i started to think about this after seeing like the visas meme and for a while i, I thought that i had to have this very clear vision of what the mm -hmm. modern golden age looked like before starting the podcast and then after doing some thinking i realized that that makes no sense the idea of of building the modern golden age is is something that it has to be like co-created who am i to say this is what it is and this mm -hmm. is where you need to go and so ever since i'm talking with people and trying to understand what are some of their own visions of what a modern golden age looks like and then try to pinpoint mm -hmm. common common ground right like a little bit about this that you mentioned about these different traditions and trying to understand like what are the connections uh basically doing that with different people around yeah. this concept so i would love to hear your take on that like what is to you a modern golden age that's a great question because preparing for the for the podcast, I, I was trying to to think what would be modern golden age, and I think often about something related. So, like, where should we strive to go? Right, assuming post scarcity, we have all the resources we need. Uh, no one's hungry. What do we do as a planet, as a species? Uh, but that's not quite the question you're asking, right? Mm -hmm you're you're asking more like what does a really stellar time period uh, Looks like. look like before inevitable collapse i guess yeah um so i never think about that because <laughs> on, on the one hand i think we're living a golden age right now uh or or you know we're at the start of a very exciting scene i think i think the people in teapot are exceptional and you know there's a million scenes on teapot and there's gonna be a million scenes after teapot fragments but i've been meeting so many cool people with genuinely uh ambitious projects that you know have a lot going for them um that i think we're sort of li living it right now and of course you can accelerate it like, like like visa says you can you can introduce more and more people and you can generate more and more uh high quality artifacts great art that inspires more people uh, high quality you know vlogs and sense making that lead to science and everything spirals even faster and develops even faster and i'm on board right i we're, we're i'm trying to do that too um but i'm i, I tend to i tend to think of like avoiding collapse and uh, mm. avoiding X risk, for example, I don't. I don't love everything about EA, but I, I do. I do see AGI as a as a pretty big problem, and mm. you know, the the consequences of neoliberalism and capture of big institutions by selfish mm. actors, and the whole, you know, so, so like avoiding catastrophe more than 
um, fostering a golden age. So, so yeah. I'm more like, this is probably a golden age. Let's try to keep it going for as long as we can. Yeah. I think that's, that's more how I tend to think. Yeah, and that and that's a good answer. I, I've had that answer before as well. Like we're already oh. living in a modern in a, in a modern golden age. Maybe we just need to to just notice it, right? And so my question would be like, how can we make more people understand that? Uh, like, assuming that we're already living in a modern yeah. golden age, like how can we make people understand that and 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 just be grateful and con continue to contribute to that? Love one another. It's the same the same answer for the the building institutions with our friends. Uh, yeah, be a good friend to your friends. Be a good family member to your family members. Like have their best interest as your best interest. And like yeah. concentric, you know. First of all, take care of yourself, right? Uh, you know, make sure you're healthy. Make sure you're not suffering. Uh, so, like concentrically expand your sphere of care as your capability grows. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, if you're suffering, uh, you know, meditate and do therapy and exercise and eat well and sleep. And once you're feeling energized and capable of helping, start helping, you know, uh, your closest friends and your family. And once you as a group are feeling healthy and full of energy, uh, you have, you know, overflowing capability to help the rest of your community around you. Right. And by you being awesome, uh, and you know it doesn't need to be your community like geographically you can yeah, also yeah, yeah, have yeah. internet friends that you inspire right and yes. by being awesome and making things and making change in the world at your scale it doesn't have to be like a world-changing scientific program it could just be you know i wrote a blog post that i think will help 20 people yeah. uh, by doing more of that you inspire more people to do more of that and yeah and they'll only believe it and they'll only feel inspired if they see you acting from genuine love and care for yeah. them otherwise yeah. they'll be like oh yeah that's what that guy's doing why should i be yeah doing the same yeah yeah that's that's such a great answer because i truly believe that i, I truly believe that not only like the, the not only the love but you have to be coherent between your actions and and your words because saying some stuff like yeah we should aim at we should realize that we're a modern golden age but then i spend most of my time just complaining about stuff like it, 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 there's there's a mismatch right and i think that that's that that's why for instance i love going full circle that you decided to actually do the podcast with the camera on because i truly believe what you just said it it, it just shares way more 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 information and not only that but it allows to everyone just because it's okay if, if if people listen because your voice also passes something but by watching you and seeing like the excitement in the whole right. body language that comes from giving your answers that's something that i think the way that i'll perceive that answer is is, is it has way more impact and it inspires way more than just saying like that's why video to me inspires more than just say writing i mean yeah. of course the 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 biggest of one the biggest of them all is just being in person with, with people right but but when once you are in person or once you record a video or write that 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 blog post and you actually do it from a standpoint of alignment eventually people realize that and they'll start doing that again so that's why i'm looking for that's why I'm building the podcast, of course, and having all these conversations. But also, that's why I'm looking for for common points, because I do believe that if enough. So, for instance, visas me is one common point. Uh, it mm -hmm. it inspire a lot of people, and and it's like this reference from for a lot of them. Uh, and so, another one of my questions would be, like, what are some of the values 
and practices that you believe we should have in order, besides making friends, of course, and producing things that are, are, are aligned with you, like what are some other practices that we should do in order to help people to understand that we're living in a modern golden age? Besides being being good to the people around you, like genuinely loving them, and besides making stuff that, for example, yeah. communicates, good yeah. idea. Do you mean do you mean more like less less stuff that you can do as an individual, and maybe more like interventions at a system level that you can make? Whatever. No, I I mean it is just give us our, your your personal take. It can be both, right? I've I've had both. Uh, of of the kinds of answers. So, what do you think is more relevant? Because hmm. I I think those two things capture capture a lot of it. Uh, uh, so, okay, zooming out a bit, I think school sucks. <laughs> school is awful, and honestly, parenting is kind of awful, and. Me personally, I, I think I would have made so much more progress, so much faster if I had supported school. Um, of course. Like, you're just, it, it's prison and it's not stimulating. You're sitting down for 12 years uh, and then you get up and the world has nothing to do with what you were like at school. So in, in general, just bringing kids up better uh, yeah. would already already make a world of difference. Another thing is like building... Mm, this isn't necessarily about making people notice we're in a modern golden age, but to keep it going the whole... Yeah. You know, you need to be able to overthrow the government. <laughs> like, you need, you need to build resistance capability. So stuff like open source software, stuff like, you know, uh, local first software, crypto... Uh, governance, ways to, you know, food sovereignty, energy sovereignty, being able to, to live off the land of, of your local community. You know, mm -hmm. I, th I think a lot of that's really important. If you're depending on global supply chains, uh, you know, every time you start building up a little power, you can get squashed. So yeah. if you want to make a golden age persist, you could worry about that too. Uh, oh, churches. Sorry. Okay. Th I, this is actually my answer. Like, this is my actual Final answer. Um, so in, we were talking about religion and the whole reinterpreting spiritual traditions, and I've mentioned I've mentioned the the, the superorganism scales thing, mm -hmm. right? You have single person dyads like one one to one relationships, squads, congregations, cities. Um, I, I I sometimes say bioregions and then you know planetary scale, mm. uh, and a big bottleneck is at the congregation level, at the mm. roughly Dunbar level coordination. That's not happening anymore. People mm. people hang out in squads, like with your friend group, and people hang out, you know, people coordinate in terms of like voting in, mm. you know, national elections. And maybe you interact with large groups of people at work in companies where the incentives mm. are misaligned. And it's not something you're co-creating. It's something, you know, orders are coming in from above, mm. right? So people aren't coordinating and aren't synchronizing and harmonizing at that scale. So there's a mm. niche that the church used to fill. You know, people went in every every Sunday and sang together and listened to the same stories and shared 
and solve each other's problems sometimes. Mm. Uh, so refueling that niche, like putting mm. something in that niche that allows people to hang out with 150 people, mm. and you know that works as sort of a replenisher for squads too. So if if you lost your friend group or if you have no friends, you could just go to church. To, mm -hmm. to find people to, to socialize with and to get social mm -hmm. support and to get, you know, introduced into the social fabric of the place you're in. Yeah, right? that's, that's a great answer. Sorry, I, I, I cut you off. Continue, please. No, that's that, that's essentially it. Okay. Thanks, thanks for cutting yeah. me out. No, no, that's such a great answer. Uh, that's that's definitely, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because I do believe that would definitely help us um, like maintaining that because because assuming that we're already in in a modern age of course the the first thing that we need to do is help people understand it but of course we need to focus on well how can we maintain this and and the reason why i i actually call it modern golden age is, is because one of the things that you just said which is i personally believe that the only reason why this this will be possible because i honestly think that we're already living it but we'll need to uh, raise awareness of it and only when more people have the awareness that we're already living it and they can actually contribute to it then we'll get into what my vision which is very blurry but what my blurry vision of a modern golden age is but one of the things that i do believe is that it it will definitely be or start at least decentralized so you need to be able to have these squads as you mentioned uh and, and and sometimes those people will not be on the same physical place as you and that's again contrary to all the golden ages we've had that are basically uh located in specific things like our modern golden golden age might start on the internet and then float uh into into the offline world right and that's and one of the things that i i i truly also believe with you in that and i'm just speaking up on different things that you mentioned just to to, to give some of my own thoughts is school is a, definitely a problem uh and that's like that's one of the things that i think no one mentioned yet when i when i talked about the mongolian age the idea that we need a better educational system right we need uh, uh diff at least different ways of interacting with with high schools in fact i published a video recently just about this because i do believe that working with high schoolers is like one of the first key steps for us to get into a modern golden age because I do mm. believe it's it's like that period of time where first of all you're questioning everything around so you'll question not only the beliefs of other people and the values of other people but your own value and that's normal but the problem is that most people when they do that they're doing that from a negative standpoint they're that's why a lot of people in high school in in, in these days are very depressed right because they, they just they start to question a lot about their own potential and then they have all these wrong incentives in school system that makes that questioning goes to the obvious conclusion that well i suck and for everyone just listening i was just making air quotes when i say obvious no, you don't suck but the incentives are aligned that way and that's why i think that working specifically with high schoolers by giving them the, the tools that allow them to practice metacognition and try to understand their own beliefs and create these different beliefs will actually help them understand to and actually led what cecile which is another guest that i'll have on the show called like purpose-led lives it's basically mm -hmm. you're, you're you're starting to work on problems that you care you're starting to pursue your own interests because here's the thing school didn't made you realize what kind of interests you wanted to pursue it, it was you you told us your story right it was just a bunch of things that 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 started to happen and then you realize what you want to pursue and so 
But by having, like, by working with high schoolers, giving them these tools, my belief is that they'll start to live purpose-led lives. And here's the thing. These high schoolers will be parents in, like, 30 years. And they'll, and first of all, their sons will look at their parents and say, oh, okay, it's possible to make a living out of solving meaningful problems, out of contributing to this modern golden age. And the way these parents will educate their, their children is way different than what happens now. So by working with high schoolers in a long enough time frame, I do believe that we can solve two of the problems you just mentioned, not only school system, um, but also not only education, actually, but also parenting, because you, you'll live uh, a, a better life. And so, and that's my rant on education. Uh, but but I do want to end uh, with, because I, I, we're, we're getting uh, in, into our time, but I really have just one or two more questions with it. And like, to you, sorry. And one of them is in your tweet, going back to the tweet of thread, uh, you, you have like this, in the end, you have this tweet that these two tweets that say, and I quote, playing with kids is cool because you get to find the edge of their ability in some little domain of your choice and help them stretch it and they'll love it. And this is a very personal question, but I would love to to ask you, like, did you go through that experience? And if so, like, what was the skill that you helped someone develop and how did the kid react? If you can tell us, of course. Yeah, so I have a baby cousin, so this happens all the time. Mm. Um it's it I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of of a, a good one but sorry you know playing the xylophone um or something i, I was trying to teach her a song but she was just you know she, she, three, that. She, she was like three years old you know she, she was never gonna <laughs> learn the song so like you, you need to you need to meet them where they are and you know maybe try to get her to hit the, the the path right rather than yeah. miss it and hit my leg or something yeah uh, but you know as they grow up it, it you know you can play more and more complex little games but it's it's fun to you know model them meet them where they mm -hmm. are yeah. see what they can like assess what they can do and then introduce yeah. something that's like slightly out of reach yeah and see if they can you know make the jump and usually they can and they love it yeah and the, the, the reason why i resonated with this so much is that when i was working corporate training like that's that mindset that structure is what i used to think about training adults like what mm. you want is to actually meet them where they are and it's, it's just the basics of any learning experience is just to do a learning assessment and just to just try a little bit uh above their current their current capabilities so i really enjoy Chick. Before we let you go, I do have to ask you, like, where can people find you uh, online? If they want oh, to yeah. connect, if they want to, to, to talk with you, what are the best places? Twitter. Um, X Genesis, like EX Genesis. Um, yeah, and that's, just do that's that. the place. Yeah, that's the place. Okay, we'll, we'll have the links to, to, to that in the description as well as the 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 twitter thread that you just that we mentioned throughout the podcast and some of your articles as well um Sheik, once again thank you so much for doing this uh it was a real thank pleasure you. to talk with you uh to everyone listening if you like the podcast please leave a rating and consider subscribing it helps the podcast and it helps me uh, knowing that we're doing a, a great place a great deed actually working with people and trying to understand, to lead them into uh, a modern golden age. And I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye.